Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. You guys are about to hear a great word from an incredible uh, man of God. And uh, our other locations, we're, we're gonna have a great, you know, Easter is just gonna be, y'all just hold on, man. If God does what, if he does a, a quarter of what I think he's gonna do, this Easter is gonna be like unbelievable. It's gonna be unbelievable. But uh, you know the awesome thing about revival is uh, man, when the Holy Spirit comes down, we get open, we get transparent, amen? And uh, we're able to identify with one another. It's what the, Paul talks about, you know, if one part of the body is suffering, then we all need to suffer with it, amen? We rejoice with those who are rejoicing. We weep with those who are weeping. It's, it's how we begin to become one. And that was Jesus' prayer, of course, in John 17. And that's why I'm so excited about in a few weeks when we really dive into this issue of racial reconciliation and we listen to one another and we, we bring Jesus into the picture. We don't bring the political parties. We bring Jesus into the picture and God is gonna do an amazing work in so many hearts. And so I'm excited about that and what he's gonna do in our families. But uh, I wanna tell everyone that immediately right after the service, uh, Pastor Jensen's gonna be out signing books. And uh, this book, I love it. This is a message of revival. Love like you've never been hurt. How many of you know when you can love like you've never been hurt, God's done an amazing work in your life. I think every single person should have this book. I think it should be a go-to book. It's not just to read it once. It's like, okay, this has happened. I'm gonna go to this page here because because pastor talks about that. And uh, we're just so glad that he's with us tonight. And uh, I tell you what, Pastor Jensen, he's been a part of a lot of revivals. God's used him so mightily. Come on, he needs no introduction. Come on, church, y'all love him. He's been here before. Stand to your feet right now. Give the best welcome you can for Pastor Jensen Franklin. Woo! Praise God. Hey, do you know something? You know, this is our week. Don't sit down yet. This is our week. I mean, the whole world is looking at the cross and the resurrection and the empty tomb. Every time you say the name of Jesus... Hell envisions two things, an empty tomb and an occupied throne. Jesus is alive. Can we give his majesty, Jesus Christ, the biggest praise of the night right now at every campus? Give him a shout of praise and a hand clap. He's worthy. He's worthy. Oh, we praise your risen one. To God be the glory. Look over at someone and, you know, they say, and y'all are sitting down. That, that's just not right. But, 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 you know, they say that every third person, somebody did a study and said every third person who is born is extremely good looking. So I want you to look to your left, look to your right and say, I must have been the one. And just tell, just notify the other two around you and make them smile. It's a good thing to smile, especially in church. And then you may be seated. You may be seated. Thank you. God is so good. Boy, I tell you what, and those who are, who are joining, 
the campus here and all the campuses out there, what Pastor just shared before I think you connected to your campuses was profound. I mean, I don't know if you understand how rare this pastor is that you have. But to get up and hit it head on and tell the truth. And tell the truth. He spoke truth. And man, man, that just, uh, that, is, that is such a needed message in the hour in which we're living. And I love the balance. And I know, because the, the gospel is the answer. Jesus is the answer. And what a series you're headed into, church. I, I sense God's going to touch this nation. We ought to pray that God opened doors on CNN and Fox and everywhere else for pastor to end up there. Amen. It's funny. I'm with my wife uh, in in Destin. We we have a little place over there that we've been going to for about 20 years. and, And I've been hitting it really hard. And CNN called me today. I've been on there a few times, but they called me today on the Brooke Baldwin show and wanted me to come on there today and talk about something. And I said, no, I can't. I'm, I'm very, very busy. I was lay, laying around with my wife. Amen. But, but next time, I'm going to give them your number. Because <laughs> you got a word. And uh, throw him to the lines. I believe he could handle He'd shut the mouth of the lines, don't you think? I mean it. I'm going I'm to give, give them your phone number. And say, I can't, but there's a guy named Stovall Weems. So praise God. Everybody happy? Can I preach just a minute? Boy, I feel revival around here. Feel revival. It's an absolute honor to be here. And I'm, I'm, I'm not going to preach long. I'm just going to preach about 30 minutes. So t- somewhere in there. And, and, uh, but I got to say that I, I sense something powerful in this house. I love your pastors. Pastor Stovall is so real, so kind. His beautiful wife, Carrie, and their family, they're blessed, and you're blessed. And thank you for dreaming with him. I started coming here many, many, many years ago, and he hadn't let me preach in the big fancy church yet. This is my first time. But boy, he used to wear me out when he was in the warehouse. Amen. But now, but now that y'all moved to an uptown church here, I finally, 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 I get to come. So thank you. Thank you very much, Jacksonville. It's great to be with you. Amen. Amen. I love him. I love what God's doing in him. And, uh, you know, it helps when you pastor and their wife are good looking too, right? Amen. That helps evangelism. All right. All right. Let's preach. Let's preach. You ready? I'm really tempted between two sermons. The only thing worse than having no sermon is having too many. I could. Praise the Lord. I want you to turn with me to the book of Acts chapter 13. I want to go to Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13. The book, uh, the book that, I, that I have written called Love Like You've Never Been Hurt. My wife and I wrote it. And um, something remarkable has happened with it. They told us that they hoped, you know, maybe this year we would... The goal they had set for the next three or four months was maybe move 50,000 copies. And they told me yesterday that they had sold 44,000 copies and the book's been out nine days. And it's, it's not because 
of some kind of marketing thing. It's, it's a message that is connecting with people who are in conflict with people that they love. You can be healed. Your family can talk again and hug again and kiss again and eat meals again. And, and, and we decided to get very open and honest and share some of the own, our own struggles. And I tell stories in our church of things that we've gone through, uh, that families have gone through. One family that some of our closest friends, that their son came and told them that he was gay. What do you do? Do you just, you, you just cut them off? I'm done. You've so offended God and me that, that we're done. No, you love like you've never been hurt because love never fails. You don't throw them away. As a matter of fact, you step up and you love them and, and you let God do the work through love. The, the very statement, love like you've never been hurt, they, they cannot be sure. We had to do a lot of research and copyright because it's a public domain statement. They cannot be sure who said it, but almost, and I personally believe after doing some research and having others research it for me, including our publisher, but everybody points back to one of the first persons who ever used that phrase, and I believe the one who birthed it was a man named Satchel Page. Satchel Page was the first professional baseball player who was a pitcher in the national leagues in baseball who happened to be a black man. And he would walk out and he would pitch and from the stands would come racial slurs and statements of humiliation. And he was so bad, y'all, that one team put uh, their four batters, their four greatest batters up to intimidate him. And he turned around, called the, this is a true story, called the outfield and told them to go into the dugout, told the men on the bases to sit down. And he pitched and struck out three in a row and walked off with his head up. And they interviewed him. They interviewed him afterwards. And they said, what do you say to those people when they scream those racial slurs at you? And he said, you've got to love like you've never been hurt. So that's just something that I didn't even plan on saying. All right, you ready? Acts chapter 13. If you're going to love others like you've never been hurt, you've got to learn to love yourself. Jesus said, thou shalt love the Lord your God with all of your heart if you want to fulfill all the Bible and love others as you love yourself. God is not into you constantly putting yourself down and humiliating yourself. You might have made a mistake, but you're not one. You might have failed, but you're not a failure. God will never define you by your worst mistake. People will, religion will, haters will, but God will not. That's what the cross is all about, a brand new start. Forgiveness can rewrite your future. Now, Acts chapter 13. Now, don't take that off the clock because that, that was a long applause. Acts chapter 13. This is a remarkable story in Acts chapter 14 right here. Just three verses. On the Sabbath, almost the whole city came together to hear the word of God. Lord, let it happen in Jacksonville. 
when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy, contradicting, blaspheming. They opposed the things spoken by Paul. Then Paul and Barnabas grew bold and said, listen to this. It is necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first. But since you reject it, catch these words and underline it, and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, behold, we turn to the Gentiles. This is where you and I got in on the gospel, this very place. And do you know why Paul did it? Do you know why he turned to the Gentiles, meaning non-Jewish people of all races? He said, because I tried to take the gospel to the Jewish people. And notice the phrasing, they judged themselves unworthy. I want to talk about judging yourself unworthy. I believe it's difficult to receive all that God is wanting to do in our lives. What he is wanting to do is beyond anything we can imagine. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. But their, their challenge in this text was not sin. It was not society. It was not Satan. The devil was laying on a beach somewhere relaxing. They did this to themselves. They did this to themselves. They judged themselves unworthy. They said, we're not worthy. In Revelation chapter 5, it talks about a search that is going on in heaven. There's a scene and there's a book and the book has seals and they're wanting someone to break the seals and open the book and no one is found worthy. They search and they search Abraham. He's the father of faith, but he lied and he messed up and he told a lie, said his wife was his sister and all of that. So he's not worthy. And there's David. Man, he's a holy man of God, but he, he messed up. Y'all know he looked at that UFO, an unclothed female object, and, 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 and messed up. And, and there, there's Samson, but he, had, he, he, he was a he-man with a she problem too. And there, there's another one, and there's another one, and there's another one. But they all had flaws. No man was found worthy. But then this text says, suddenly, suddenly a lamb stepped forward. And I love the wording of the New Testament. It said, it said, uh, and there was a lamb slain. I saw a lamb slain standing. How does a, how does a lamb that has been slain stand? He was a resurrected lamb. That's our Jesus. And suddenly, all of heaven started singing a new song. They started singing. They went from weeping to worshiping. And they started singing, worthy is the lamb, worthy is the lamb, worthy is the lamb. Heaven has a four-word song. Worthy is the lamb. Jesus is saying, I want you to make me the star of your show again. It's not about your worthiness. The Jews, think about what I'm preaching. Heard the, from the word preached from the greatest evangelist of all time, the great apostle Paul. And yet it profited them nothing. Why? This is so relevant to your life because when they would preach it, they would say to themselves, I'm unworthy. I'm unworthy. God will answer other people's prayers, but I'm unworthy. 
God will bless other people, but I'm un- they judge themselves unworthy. And God turned the blessing that he wanted to be on his people and said, give it to the Gentiles. Now they're all messed up. They're worshiping statues and all, but at least if you tell them the gospel story, they'll change their song and start singing, worthy is the lamb, worthy is the lamb. And I can bless that, but I can't bless people who sit around judging themselves unworthy. They judge themselves unworthy of God's grace, of God's goodness, of God's greatness. And that's why Paul said, give the Gentiles a chance. The Jews were so focused on their own inadequacies, their own failures, they disqualified themselves. They judged themselves unworthy. They negated God's power, God's provision, God's promises, they judge themselves unworthy, thereby judging Jesus unworthy. They put no trust in his sacrifice, in his blood, in his name, in his cross, in his resurrection. It's great for us to be worshiping in this building and all the other buildings. Look at this magnificent place. It's great for us to worship in great churches like this. You want to know why? Worthy is the Lamb. He deserves this. He deserves for police to be directing traffic, trying to get cars in here on a Wednesday night. What in the world is going on? He deserves this kind of fanfare with lasers and LED screens and big lights and guitars. Worthy is the Lamb. Somebody get shout and clap and say, Worthy is the Lamb. It's not about your worthiness. God is going to send, y'all gonna help me preach tonight. God is gonna send the greatest revival your family has ever seen because worthy is the lamb. God's gonna answer prayers that that will blow your mind because God's gonna heal somebody in this place tonight because Somebody give him a praise if you believe it. He deserves that. He deserves a growing church. Well, I wish Pastor Stovall would calm down. He's always wanting another building. I don't know why. Because the lamb deserves it. The cross deserves it. The blood deserves it. The name deserves it. It ain't about us. It ain't about celebration. It ain't about Stovall. It's about Jesus. Worthy is the lamb. Take a praise break and give God a shout of praise. At every campus, lift him. This is our week, worthy is the Lamb. You may be seated. See, in Revelation 5, they're singing the new song, worthy is the Lamb. But a lot of y'all are stuck on the old song. Unworthy. I'm just, I'm just a no, I'm so unworthy. Humility is not putting yourself down. Humility is lifting Jesus up. 
You can debase yourself all day long and you won't get one answered prayer from God for putting yourself down. You can run yourself down all night and it will produce nothing. But when you start saying worthy is the lamb, he starts breaking seals. He starts opening books. He starts releasing blessings. There'll come loosing and there'll come open doors that no man can shut. When you stop saying I'm not worthy and you say worthy is the lamb. He deserves for me to win. He deserves for me to come back. He he deserves for my family to be blessed. Take a praise break. Everybody, come on. Shout worthy is the lamb. Tell your neighbor, somebody, somebody's going to get a miracle tonight because the lamb's blood deserves it. When you say worthy is the lamb, notice two things happened in Revelation 5. Things started opening and things started getting loose. The loose seals and the open book. That's what God will do for you when you stop going around. I believe the devil's getting me, God's getting me back for the wild seeds I sowed in my children. It's never about you. Stop judging yourself unworthy. I'm going to be more anointed than I have ever been in my life. You don't know why? My church is going to grow bigger than it's ever grown before. You want to know why? My family is going to be the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. No curse can hold us down because... Shout and praise him again. We're going we're gonna to have, ooh, I feel this thing. It's, you may be seated. It, it's, it's not the devil or sin that's stopping our blessing. It's people running themselves down. That doesn't get God's attention. What gets God's attention when you approach the throne and say, Father, I come in the mighty name of Jesus. And I declare today that I'm an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. And because I'm using the name and I'm coming in the shed blood through a torn veil, I lift up holy hands. I've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I'll be blessed in the city. I'll be blessed in the field. I'll be blessed going in and coming out because... God's going to do things we can't even imagine. God's going to loose and open things we never saw coming. God's going to pour out his spirit on our sons and on our daughters because he deserves that kind of revival in the last days. See, if you're not careful, if you were raised like me, and I love the way I was raised, I honored the way I was raised, but we were raised, and I was raised in a very legalistic uh, thing that everything was sin. Um, Got to be careful. But I never, I never even went to a movie until I was 25 years of age. My wife made me backslide because she told me she said, "If you don't go to a movie with me, I don't know if our marriage is going to make it." 
So that's the kind of world I was raised in. We, when I was, I should, this is funny we didn't believe, they called it mixed bathing. We couldn't go swimming if, if uh, they called it mixed bathing, which that sounds wrong, but, 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 but uh, I'm freaking some of you out, but, 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 but like, um, when we would go to a hotel, um, me and my brothers, first of all, we had to cover our bodies. We would go out in jeans and a t-shirt. And if we went swimming, this is what religion would do to you. We had to, we had to keep our bodies covered. And if a woman came out in a bikini or something, we had to get out of the pool and go back to the room. And we hated that. If we saw one coming, it was like, dear God. And now we got to get out. We get out in our blue jeans. I'm not making this up. I'm not making this up. And we would go back to the days in and we would, cause we were broke too. Come on. And, and, and we would, uh, we would open the window. We, we weren't allowed to look, but we could peep. Is she still out there? Yeah, she's still out there. My brother, he always had problems like that. That's, so that's how I was raised. So I wish, I, I, but, but you know what? I don't, I don't, I don't curse any of that because um, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I wish, I wish we had a little, little more of something or another, a little bit of a difference between us and the world. But, but let's keep moving. Don't mess with me. When's the last time you added something to your conviction list instead of erased it? I can do this. I, when's the last time you added something? Have you gotten up in the middle of a movie lately and said, this so offends the Holy Spirit in me, I gotta walk out of here, throw my popcorn down and go get my ticket back money and give it to celebration because that insults the God that I serve what I'm watching. You need uh, help me. I got to, I got to quit. I got to quit. So there's the balance. There's the balance. Say amen. Turn to somebody and say, stay balanced. Don't, don't become, don't become a freak either way. Help me, help me. But here's my point. I think when you're raised like that and you're taught the fear of God and you have standards and convictions, because I still do have some of those convictions. I don't judge other people. My standards are my standards and convictions because there's some things that are core convictions that are in the Bible, like the Ten Commandments, and they're for everybody. But then there's personal convictions. One of them for me is alcohol. I don't, I'm a teetotaler. I don't touch it. That doesn't mean that, that everybody who drinks a glass of wine or whatever, that's, that's their business. That's between them and God. That's not my place. But for me, here's how I judge it. If I wake up the next morning and I don't, and, and I feel bad about whatever happened, something's not right. So that's how I judge it. But that don't mean that's your judgment and personal things like that. Because the Bible talks about moderation. I don't have time to deal with that. That's your pastor's job. And he'll fix all of this Sunday. But, but all I'm saying, do you understand what I'm saying? The Bible's clear about drunkenness. It says uh, drunkards, somebody said, well, you know, you can overeat. And there's no, just like overeating. Well, I, I've heard, why, why am I getting into this mess? It's your fault. But... I've heard of police officers t pulling people over and arresting them for being drunk, but I've never heard of anybody getting arrested for being fat. 
So there is a difference because one can kill somebody and their family in the other car, but eating won't. But let's keep moving. Where did that come from? What I'm trying to say is, is when, listen, y'all stop now. What, what, what I'm trying to say is when you're sincere and sensitive to sin and have the fear of God and you're doing your best to live holy and live clean, live right. The Bible said if our hearts condemn us not, then we have confidence with God. So what the devil wants to do is if you don't, if you don't live up completely to your standards or convictions, you know, and I got to watching it one time when I was in that kind of world, you know, and, and, and I, got, I noticed that a lot of people, a lot of churches that had no standards hardly and, and, and no Pentecostal 40-year background, man, they were exploding and, and they were just having a good time. And we were all mad at everybody all the time. <laughs> The Lord spoke to me one time. He said, I owe you nothing because of your standards. I owe you nothing because of your convictions. They're for you to protect you, to keep you. I do not respond when people say to me, I've done this for you. Even fasting, even praying does not mean in any way that God deserves to give me anything because I've been on a 21 day fast and I wrote a book on fasting. God responds to faith that says worthy is the lamb. I don't deserve it, but worthy is the lamb. God is good. I heard the story of a little boy who went in a candy store. And the owner saw him and had a little dirt on his face. Obviously, he was a poor kid. And so the owner felt sorry for him, took a big jar of candy, took the lid off, said, hey, boy, reach in there and get all you want. And the little boy just looked up and just did just like this. He said, come on, son, it's free. I know you don't have any money. You can get all the candy you want. Come on, just reach in there. All you can get out with your hand, you can have it. The little boy just looked up and did like that. And finally, the guy almost got aggravated. Man, he said, oh, what in the world? And he reached in and took his big hand, and, and the boy had to put both of his hands together, and he turned around with a smile on his face and just took off. And the owner said, wait a minute. He said, why didn't you get the candy out when I told you to? He said, mister, your hand's a lot bigger than mine. What Jesus did at Calvary is a lot bigger than what my rules can can produce what my convictions can produce. It's all about worthy is the lamb. Stop judging yourself unworthy. Everybody under the sound of my voice, take a five second praise break. Oh, I worship you. I worship you because you're worthy. You withhold no good thing from them that walk uprightly because worthy is the lamb. You're my healer and you heal me because worthy is the lamb. You're my provider and you provide because worthy is the lamb. You may be seated. The next time some of you are jealous, relatives come around. They were good as long as you were high and drunk and getting arrested and broke and pulling up in some car with smoke coming out of the hood. 
But now that you got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost and going to church and worshiping God with your resources and getting blessed and getting promoted and moving in the new neighborhood like you saw on the video, now they got problems with you. So I'm going to help you with family reconciliation. Next time somebody comes and says, I heard you really doing well. You just look back at them and say, worthy is a lamb. How'd you get that car? Worthy is a lamb. How'd you get that house? Worthy is a lamb. How'd you get that promotion? Worthy is a lamb. Let's take ourselves out of the equation. Stop judging yourself unworthy. I don't care how you feel. I just don't feel very holy. I don't care how you feel. When the, when, the, when, when the high priest brought the lamb, let's say this is the lamb, and the high priest is standing right here, the high, and, and, and I came with my lamb, and I'm the man. The high priest didn't start looking over the man. Hmm, hmm. Hold up your little tunic there. Let me see how you... Hmm. He, he wasn't looking for spots and imperfections on the man. He examined the lamb. He examined the lamb. And if the lamb was worthy, the man was forgiven and blessed. John the Baptist said, behold the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Stop judging yourself unworthy. So I, I wrote this the other day. Just turn to somebody and tell them, say, um, turn to somebody and say, I, I want to hear you sing a new song. <laughs> Every time God tries to bless you, you, you get that inferiority complex. <laughs> I doubt he'll do it for me. I doubt it. I probably won't get to go to college. I'm not college material. Judging yourself unworthy. The blood has bought so much, has blessed so much, has, has, wants to release so many great things. I find myself in circles, <laughs> just like that phone call from CNN, <laughs> and I walk in there, and Dr. So-and-so is here, and this person is there, and I, 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 I've been to the White House, I've been in the Oval Office, and sit across, and, and I find myself, and I, and I almost feel that thing, oh, what are you doing here? You ain't nobody. Yes, I am. I belong here. Be praying under, under my breath in tongues in the White House. Give me wisdom, give me the anointing, give me power. Worthy is the lamb, I belong anywhere because Jesus is in me and wherever I go, it changes. Worthy is the lamb. Quit judging yourself unworthy. Some of you got great opportunities that you, every time God tries to open a door, you back up. Hold your head up. Stand up on your hind feet. And when you feel inferiority come against you, say, worthy is a lamb. I ain't here about me. I ain't here to promote me. I'm not here to lift me up. I'm here for the agenda of Jesus Christ, the great one. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. But I wrote this line the other day. I'm not going to apologize for my blessings. Worthy is a lamb. I'm not going to apologize for my anointing. Worthy is the lamb. I'm not going to apologize for souls that keep getting saved. Worthy is the lamb. 
You almost feel bad because your church just keeps growing right, right here. Just keeps growing and growing. If you don't watch it, you almost, I need to tone it down. No, you don't. It ain't about you. As long as you're praising Jesus, as long as you're giving him the glory, every success is another crown. You throw at his feet and you say, worthy is a lamb. He'll take you higher and higher and higher and higher. He just needs you to give him the glory. Because what you don't turn into praise will turn into pride. That's why, that's why when God raises you up and you sit there like an like a, like a, 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 a awesome impression of Mount Rushmore, and the more God blesses you, the more it ought to humble you, the more it ought to make a worshiper out of you, you got more diamonds you ever had. You ought to throw those rings up and say, hallelujah, worthy is the lamb. Do a little choreographic. <laughs> I'm almost done. I'm, I'm embarrassing, pastor. I'm sorry. Turn to somebody and say, Jesus paid for this. The only time Jesus stopped worship, the only time he shut down a worship service in all the Bible was for improper motive. The Bible said his disciples came back. Listen to the wording. Lord, in thy name, we cast out devils. They're subject unto us and heal the sick. And Jesus said, rejoice not, shut her down. Cut the PA system off and unplug the guitars. This is improper worship. When you start shouting about what you've done for me, that's improper worship. Watch him, watch, wait, wait, wait. Then he turns it around and he says, rather, but rather rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Don't shout about what you've done for me. Shout about what I've done for you because I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. You're on and off, you're up and down, but I'm the same. Worthy is the Lamb. You can be seated just a minute. Get your faith out of your faith. Get your hope out of your hope. And just say, worthy is the lamb. Lord, I know you're going to do something in this situation because the lamb is worthy of a miracle. Get all focus off of you and on to him. When you're asking God for something, make it about him. Make it about his blood and his name and his resurrection and his, his Holy Spirit. It's not about you. Stop judging yourself unworthy. The reason the Israelites go into the promised land, I'm going to preach three and a half more minutes and I'm done. But the reason that the giants and the, they went into the, the promised land, the Bible said there were giants and they said, they said, we are as grasshoppers in our sight. And so we were in their sight. Here's the problem. The reason you don't receive is you measure 
your enemies by yourself and not by your God. I know you can't do it. But do you think anything is greater than your God? Quit measuring your giants against yourself and put them up against your God. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. Our God is mightier. Stop judging yourself unworthy. Quit thinking you have to be perfect and flawless. It's not about you. Quit saying I don't deserve it. It's not about what you deserve. It's what the lamb paid for. He deserves it. The blood deserves it. The question is not am I worthy? The question is he worthy? Yes. Then therefore I can come with boldness and confidence before the throne of grace and obtain help in the time of trouble with great faith. Knowing that my faith is not in my faith. It's in that one that hung on that cross that nailed every attack of hell to the cross and defeated it with his blood. Some of you, you, you girls, you know, out there, you young single ladies, you, you need to stop judging yourself unworthy because you failed or you've done something maybe in your past you're ashamed of and now you just settle for anything. Just anything with a zipper and two pant legs and come on. Stop judging yourself unworthy. Stop, stop going out with just anybody. God has a somebody for you. God has a Holy Spirit filled somebody for you. And you need to stop judging yourself unworthy of a good guy or a good girl. If you're, if, if, if you're, if you're a guy, a good girl, a, a loving Jesus girl, just like you that'll worship and raise a family that'll honor God. You deserve that because, because the lamb has paid for it. So tonight, it's a simple message, but if it ever gets in your spirit, some of you listening to me, parents were like me and my wife were when our kids got off track. Now, I don't care how good you raise them, they can get off track. But I beat myself up. I'd say, I don't even deserve to go to the pulpit. How can I preach to these people when one of my kids is out here doing this or that one's doing this? And, and I mean, we raised them right. We were strict. We did everything we knew to do. I don't know a whole lot that I would change. Sometimes every generation has to find out the stove is hot for themselves. You can say, don't touch it. Don't touch it, honey. Don't touch it. It'll burn you. And that little child, when he's that little one, ah! right? And you did too, and God took, God's grace reached you. You forgot what kind of heathen you are sitting up here. You, you forgot, you forgot a lot, honey. You forgot a lot, acting like you all brand new. You're not all that brand new, please. You better remember there's Facebook and stuff. Somebody will come up. Remind everybody how unholy you were before Jesus got a hold of you. Come on, look at somebody and say, I know he's preaching about you now. Just tell him. <laughs> I don't know how it's going at the other campuses, but we're getting drunk in here. We're having a good time. We're getting turnt. We're getting turnt on a Wednesday night. Get up on your feet. 
and cry worthy is the lamb. Anything can happen in this kind of environment. Everybody get up on your feet and give God a praise. Come on, come on, shout Hosanna. Hosanna, worthy is the lamb. Worthy is the lamb. I'm gonna get a miracle tonight because worthy is the lamb. Somebody's gonna get the baptism in the Holy Spirit and pray in another language because worthy is the Lamb. See, there's faith here. And what's so beautiful is it's not, in, it's not faith in you or in your faith, it's in Jesus Christ where faith must be to do the impossible. And I don't know what the needs are in your life, but I sense that we're in an atmosphere and, and I know it's been going on here since January and it's very evident. I preach in a lot of places and I have on this tour. And please listen to me. Something's going on here. The water is troubled. And if you get in the water, when the water's troubled, the, in the story of Bethesda, if they got in the water when the water was troubled, you can't manufacture this, you can't, you can't market this, you can't hype this, you can't plan this. They didn't get in a boardroom and say, we're gonna plan a revival theme. And no, this is a breath of God. And he's saying, I want my church, I want my church to make me the star of their show again. Jesus, worthy is the lamb to receive miracles in the church again. So I feel led to say at every campus and in this one that I'm speaking at here and at all the campuses, if there is, this is going to take faith, never done this to my knowledge, even anywhere I've been, but I keep hearing it. It's the third time I've heard it in my spirit. I know when God speaks to me, he said, every person who wants to be set free from any kind of addiction, any kind of addiction. You're saved, you're on your way to heaven, but there is an addiction that has its grip on you. But the Lord said tonight, because they understand they don't have to work up the willpower, if they'll point to me, I'll set them free. It's not gonna happen when you get more willpower or you, or you check off another box that you're doing something a little better today. You need the power of the blood of the lamb. Worthy is the lamb. Stop judging yourself unworthy. So if there's any kind of addiction, there's no shame in this. There's no shame in this. There's no embarrassment in this. This ain't that kind of church. One of the biggest miracles in the Bible happened when Jesus said, stretch forth your hand and the guy had to choose, was he gonna stretch forth his pretty hand or his withered hand? And when he pointed his withered hand, then the miracle happened. So you can act pretty or you can give God the withered place of your family, your marriage, your home, your life, your secrets, just give it to him. If you're here tonight and you would say, pastor, I need that touch, there's any addiction in your life, I want you to come down and stand in the front of every campus that's watching me. Come now, there's no, there's no shame in this. This is victory. The moment, it may be fear. 
It may be depression. It may be, it may be, you know, uh, all kinds of things. Just come stand right down here as close as you can get. Just as close as you can get. I love it. Alcohol or drugs or opioids or some other thing. You know, stuff in your private life. You know, we don't have to name everything. Just let the Holy Spirit bring up in you anything you want to be free from. This is Freedom Night at Celebration. Come on. Come on. This is Freedom Night. Freedom. I feel freedom in this house. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Anybody else? Come on. At every campus, don't hesitate, don't negotiate. Get out of your seat and walk down the aisle. Humble yourself and Jesus can set you free. I want to give a second altar call. This is amazing. This is beautiful. But I want to give a second altar call. I want to say to everybody who's under the sound of my voice, who would say, I need a miracle in my family. Now, the pain you feel is the pain you can heal. And I've been through some crisis in my family nine years ago that I talk about in the book. And so I never pray for people who have family issues like I used to pray for them before I went through what I went through and fought hell for three years for mine. And thank God we won. And they're all in the ministry and they all love Jesus and they're all full of the Holy Spirit. Come on, clap with me right there. We still have issues. We still have challenges. You always will. But the bottom line is Jesus is the answer. But if your family needs a miracle, your marriage needs a miracle, I dare you to get out of your seat and come in total honesty and say, we need that spirit that Pastor Stovall talked about earlier, reconciliation. We need to love like we've never been hurt. We're not even talking to one another. We hadn't called each other in six months, but something's gotta change. And it's gonna start in my heart and in my life. And I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna get it under the blood and I'm just gonna proclaim worthy is the lamb of a miracle in my family. I can't fix it, but Jesus can. This is beautiful. All right, lift your hands up at every campus. And all over this room, I want you to pray this prayer out loud. Wherever you are, standing in the, in the auditorium at all the campuses or down front, say these words, Lord Jesus, I surrender. I realize tonight that I've been judging myself unworthy. I can pull up everything wrong I've done, but I failed to point to what you did for me on Calvary. And tonight, Holy Week, I celebrate worthy is the lamb. I celebrate the blood. I celebrate the cross. I celebrate the resurrection. And I speak the name of Jesus over my sins, over my failures, over my unworthiness. I'm free of it. Now I receive what Jesus bought for, what he bought me at the cross. I receive it. I receive freedom. I receive deliverance. Say it. I receive healing. I receive financial blessing. I receive miracles in my home and in my family. Now lift up both hands and open your mouth and begin to praise and worship Jesus like never before. I dare you 
to begin to say worthy is the lamb. Get that need in your mind and say worthy is the lamb. He's worthy of me to be free of this thing. Worship him. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org. 